Hello, this is Jessica. Jessica, it's Joey Jingola. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I am good. This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. It did, it did. And I mean, it's interesting because I'm in the tech space mainly. I have biotech and then tech tech and then I have a a law firm and a medical practice. Those are the only two outside of my tech space that I do. It seems like, funny enough, I mean, not funny enough, probably obviously enough, is the tech space, they're all young. They're like all young people. And the only side that I see that's going to be an issue is the turnover rate. I see that kind of being a little bit cumbersome. How much do you let what you don't know bother you or stop you? That was my good friend Jessica Birch of Bryce Point Insurance in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. I think I say that every time, but it's true. Uh, And this is, sadly enough, going to be Jessica's last turn on the podcast as I'm just out of material. She's been on for quite a while. I can't exactly remember when. But uh, this is going to be a bit of a hodgepodge episode that I think I'm going to do my absolute best to string together. So if I didn't mention this and you were able to see, hopefully I can do this. So uh, what Jessica's talking about is her niche, which is cool. Um, a lot of tech companies, biotech, regular tech, and she's got a little a few stragglers out there that she you know, just kind of has hanging. Uh, but in this niche that she is kind of at the time of this phone call was you know, kind of feeling her way through and and getting used to and she was just kind of speculating on some of the challenges that she might see as far as what you know the service work the back end what all that's going to look like and the biggest thing that she could kind of come up with was hey a lot of these tech companies you know they deal with a lot of young kids right kids is maybe a strong word young adults young young um young intellectuals sure and you know, ultimately, a lot of them don't stick in one place for very long as it's a very transient type of industry that, you know, they get, they get into a company and, you know, they're going to do their work for maybe three months, six months, and then they're off to the next bigger, better thing because, you know, somebody's always looking for somebody good that can do something great, right? I think so. And that is a challenge for her just from the administrative side of things. Now, remember Jessica, if you don't remember, uh, Jessica's only made one appearance here in Agency Nation land. Uh, the rest have come over um, on the old school feed. And, uh, you know, her story is she wants to focus on, you know, doing the commercial and the group benefits. And on the group benefit side of things, you know, just the administration of adding, removing, taking all of those those people on and off and, and all that fun stuff has her maybe a little concerned, but the biggest thing, and I think this is the lesson that, you know, I think is very important is that we, it's very, it's very easy for you to think, Oh, I need to know this. I need to know that there's a certain level of, of, I just can't screw this up that I have to have before I can really attempt this thing. And it, usually prevents you from doing something maybe just slightly marginally prematurely than you ultimately should. But at the same time, you might be passing up on, you know, very, very good opportunities to do a thing that you don't know if you're ready or not. But the only really 
true test to know whether you're ready or not is to forget what it is exactly that you don't know and actually do the thing. I mean, I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, so far, it's, it's funny because when I first started, I was like, well, I don't know what I don't know. And everyone kept saying, I know you're crazy. You know, you're taking on an account that big. And I'm thinking, well, okay. You know, and ended up, I got through it and it was right. fantastic. And I rewrote the whole client from one carrier to a whole new carrier. And it wasn't as brutal as I thought. It was a great challenge. And I, I mean, I don't know. I, I felt like it was a good start for me because now I feel like I can take so much more on. It's almost like going to boot camp. You know, you feel like, okay, I can deal with anything at this point. <laughs> you go through everything, right? I mean, did you, did you hear all of that confidence that was just kind of overflowing from Jessica right there? Because she actually did the thing, right? And it feels great. It feels fantastic. I mean, just replay that clip. I mean, I'm trying to think of, I mean, like, honestly, just everything in that, you know, uh, what was that? About 30 seconds, maybe 35 seconds is what you need to hear before going after, um, you know, an account that you maybe think you have no business going after because, um, you know, one, you don't know what you don't know, but ultimately no one's stopping you from going after it and you're never going to be ready for it. So you might as well take a shot at it and at least start failing. If you get lucky and get it, then great. But that's it, right? Like it, was, it wasn't as brutal as she thought and she feels so much more confident in what she can handle moving forward because guess what? She was actually able to do it and she didn't wait for somebody to give her permission to go after that account. She didn't wait for anybody to tell her that she's ready. She didn't wait for the client to tell her that she was experienced enough. And I'm guessing, I'm just guessing, I'm going to put it out there that there's probably somebody out there I'm going to quote my buddy Jared Bellman here real quick. Uh, There's a white whale, right? I'm not really quoting him. I guess that's more Moby Dick than anything. But uh, Jared just said it like in our little Instagram 5 a.m. thingy group chat thing. And uh, so anyways, Jared's going to get the credit tonight. Um, Like what's Again, there's there's somebody out there that you just kind of fantasize about. You know, you just... You spend your days and your nights dreaming about, you might have a, a little, you know, wall dedicated with a couple posters and stuff to that person, you know, in your bedroom, you know, in front of your vanity, um, you know, that, that type of thing. And I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say it's okay to one, have that, I think, depending on how extensive it gets and, you know, the overall, you know, health of that one way relationship, but I think mostly it's okay. And the thing to keep in mind here is you are fully capable of actually going after that business, right? And okay, so, you know, maybe you screwed the first one up and maybe you only screwed up the second one a little bit. And then maybe by the third time you didn't screw it up at all and maybe you either got it or you just missed it because you didn't have whatever, right? There's never really a reason to hold back because not knowing what you don't know is sometimes your greatest weapon. 
your ability to just not care, not care is a bad, bad phrasing, your ability to just do and to take action and to, you know, learn on the job is something that separates you from you know, a lot of people. Because if you're willing to learn on the job for from that moment to get the business, then what are you going to keep doing to continue to get the business, to keep the business? They're going to see that, right? You know, you just got to be honest with with them and where you're at. And again, I just, I think you just don't, not giving yourself enough credit to go after the thing that you ultimately are the most attracted to. But I guess depending on the source, depending on who you're dealing with, there is some level of caution that may need to be taken. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, I've known these people for a long time. So it was kind of one of those things where it was even more difficult that I had to be very careful. I wanted to make sure they were taken care of and in the right place and covered. And and it's going to be that way with our health care. I mean, they represent to me a million dollars in premium total because of their health care and their PNC side. And they're also friends. So it's like, mm, I have to be careful. And this is where I just start to get anxiety for Jessica because, I mean, I know, like, my dad's told me stories. I've heard stories, you know, like, hey, the way you started in the business back in the day was, you know, make a list of 300 people that you know and you start get to work calling them. You show up at their house. You do whatever it is that you can to make sure that they remember that you're alive and that, oh, by the way, you might also be able to sell them a policy. That's how it was done. And you're dealing with a lot of people that you have existing relationships with. And I, we've talked about this. I don't know exactly where I feel like I've talked about this somewhere, but honestly, and I've heard, I've heard other agents kind of share this, this sentiment. And I was surprised that it's like a, it's, it's more of a widespread thing in the industry. Um, but you know, there's a lot of people that won't write any of their friends or their family. And, and man, I tell you what, that's just, that feels so great. Like, of all, I mean, granted, we want to do a good job for everybody, but you know, when you have a personal relationship outside of the outside of the business, like where you know, if something were to go wrong, and just the overall, we kind of are idiots sometimes. Nature that insurance companies tend to deploy, it's it's just it's just a very risky business of like why they're being idiots, and 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 if you can do anything about it, and. And how understanding is this person that you are friends with? I mean, hopefully if you're friends with them, they're a little bit understanding, but I mean, it just, it just puts, I feel like just an unnecessary strain on everything just for a couple bucks. Right. I mean, ultimately again, let's say you had a hundred clients of, of family and friends and let's say maybe, you know, 15 or 20 of them were like the really close ones that, um, you know, you really, you really wouldn't care. I mean, you wanted, you still would want them in your life. You wouldn't want to lose them over, you know, again, if you got the home and the auto and you know, whatever, maybe an umbrella and you're, you're making, you know, five, $600 a year on them or whatever it is. There's it's that friendship is probably worth more than the five or $600. And now again, I definitely have friends that I, have sold them insurance to that, you know, they are actually really easy to deal with. They understand. They like the personal connection. They like the fact that, Hey, if I've got a question, I can ask you at you know 11 o'clock on a Monday night and you're probably going to answer because, um, you know, I'm your friend. Uh, otherwise, you know, they're just in the, in the same old, you know, 
the non-priority customer service line. And maybe, maybe you're saying, Joey, well, I give all my clients my phone number and they all have that same access to me. Why well, say, hey, God bless, man. I say, good for you. But ultimately, it's the idea of, is there a place to be careful? And now Jessica's saying, be careful from the standpoint that she is insuring her friends and that she wants to make absolutely sure that nothing goes wrong as much, you know, as like you do when, you know, there's, there's extra stakes. And this isn't, I don't know how to communicate this without it sounding bad, but if we're being honest in those certain circumstances, you know, when personal relationships are on the line, we sometimes do tend to expand our abilities to, you know, handle a certain thing a certain way. And that's not to say that we don't do that all the time. I'm, I think I'm saying is that it's sometimes over exhausting to kind of, you know, doing us a disservice to do that because we're, we're, we're spending too much time and energy, like just really energy focusing on if it's done good or not, as opposed to just, so like, again, let's use the sports analogy. You know, if we're too worried about being great, but we're not performing, like we suck at the game, then that's a problem. But there's just the idea that, well, I'm just going to let it loose. I'm not going to think about it. And then that's when you do your best work. And I think there's, there's a little bit of that. I think it carries over into, you know, maybe the sale after that or the sale before that because you're too concerned with, you know, I got to review their coverages. I got to call at 1230. Are you, are you really focusing on your 12 o'clock? All of those fun things. And I think that the, you know, the, the most, the most important thing to take away from this is one, yes, it's okay to know what you don't know, but not to let it stand in your way of actually getting something done, even if you might want to think twice about who you're doing it for and with. All right, probably just going to be a serious question here right now because I, I honestly I don't know that the I don't know that there's the energy in the tank to to be entertaining. So my apologies for that. I have a serious question for you. And that is, how hard do you push yourself? I kind of want to, like, I'm being serious. Like, um, you know, yeah, we all get up. We all do the nine to five. We all do the thing there. But how hard do you push yourself beyond those limits? And for how long? And, and do you pay attention? And when do you know when to back off? And ultimately, you know, what does that result get you? from that effort. How long can you keep it up? Uh, how long can you keep it down? I think, sure, why not? Uh, that's probably not right. I'm just curious because I would like to know, you know, what it is that, you know, what, maybe just to, here we go, this is helpful. I think this will be helpful for everybody. Just kind of get a, a broad sweeping scope, a look, a peek at, you know exactly what pushing yourself means. Joey at agencynation.com. I'm curious, right? Do you, do you, do you put in a nine to five and, and then do you, do you put in another couple hours after that? You know, after after the kids are in bed, do you, 
you sneak out a little early in the morning do you you put it in from like six to nine are you part of the 5 a.m club what do you what are you doing to push yourself i'm just curious and and how long can you kind of go at red line you know what's what what's your intervals just want to know so we can kind of see so we can kind of gauge and, and then we can kind of say, all right, well, we've got this person running red all the way over here for X amount of time. And then we've got this person over here who only can peek into the, you know, just one night a week they do this one after work networking thing. And that's just, you know, a monumental challenge in and of itself. That would probably, th- those are probably both ends of the spectrum. I'm just curious. Help me out. Help everybody else out. JoyAgencyNation.com. <laughs>